Hi, this is Mary, and welcome to my podcast, Mental State, where I dive into all things mental health and more. So I'm really excited because I think one thing that comes up a lot in my therapy sessions, both with individuals and couples, is the concept of love languages. Yes. Which style are you? So for those of you who aren't familiar, Gary Chapman has a book out there called The Five Languages of Love. And in essence, the premise is we all lead by one or maybe two. And those types help us feel seen, heard, more loved, more secure in relationship. And what Mary and I want to offer you today is how those love languages intersect with your attachment style, how your attachment style will inform how you receive love languages, how you're giving your love language, even which style you tend to gravitate towards is really dependent on your attachment style. Yeah. So let's just go through the five love languages, yes, right? Yes. So the five love languages are words of affirmation. Gifts. Quality time. Acts of service. And physical touch. Which one are you, Mary? Or two or three? Well, actually, when you take the quiz, they usually give you like the one that you the top one and then the second one. Yeah. So, I mean, I probably identify with all five of them on some level, but really my top one is words of affirmation and my second one is physical touch. You know, I relate completely. I would always say I'm all five and yet I lead with those words of affirmation and physical touch. And what was interesting, I thought, if we look at attachment styles and love languages, secure attachers tend to have a flexible and balanced preference for all of the love languages, right? They can effectively express and receive their love in various ways, and they're able to adapt to their partner's love language. I think that's really important. It's not it's like not only knowing what your love language is and how you like things to be love to be expressed to you, but it's also knowing what your partner's love language is, because that's how they like things to be expressed to them. So I think a lot of times in this like love language dialogue, which was is what I like to tell people is that, you know, we're not we we need to know what our our own love language of receiving is. And we also need to know what our own love language language of giving is. Yes, because those two can be different. And based on your attachment style, going back to that piece, and remember, when we're in that sense of insecure attachment, we're experiencing some dysregulation within the nervous system. And when we're in dysregulation, our brains actually become more rigid. They have a harder time in taking new information, which means if someone's love language is different than yours, it's going to be harder for you to connect to the felt experience of them loving you, of them caring for you, right? Because the brain is going to be a little more rigid. So it's going to be more, let's say, attached to whatever your preferred love language is as, is this person into me or not? So what do you think about anxious attachment styles? What do you think that their love languages are? Because I was doing some research around it. I'm just going to answer my own question. Actually, anxious attachers and you identify as that earn secure attachment with a little bit of anxiousness, hence sprinkles of anxiousness, are words of affirmation and quality time. I love that when I read that, I was like, it's me. 
And that's because right, the anxiously attached part of ourselves really seeks that reassurance, the attention, those verbal or physical expressions, right, of affection to alleviate the anxiety, right? So the anxious mm. attacher is looking for more feedback, the immediate yes, feedback. The feedback. That makes so much sense, right? If you're not getting that immediate feedback, then you can just really go into, oh my gosh, is something wrong with me? Is some, something wrong with me? Which actually sort of like increases that looping of, oh, now I have to, you know, is everything okay? Are we okay? And so it's like yeah. just really gets increases that spiraling of like really needing that those words of affirmation. Yeah. And and if you look at it, like and people who run anxious are going to be like, let's say, leading with communication. They're looking for that feedback, right? Because that's how they're learning to regulate, which on one hand is wonderful. And on the other hand, can be a little problematic when not just the other person whether their love language matches yours or not, right? We all, you know, we go up and down. We have varying degrees of how much we're communicating or not, right? So when you're overly relying on that external thing, you're kind of going to come up against some problems at some point. Mm -hmm. And so that leads me to talking about the avoidant attachment love language. Because oftentimes anxious attachers fall for those avoidance and end up inherently frustrated. And so avoidant attachers... I'll, I'll let you take the show on. What 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 types of love languages do they tend to lead with? Acts of service. Makes total sense. And physical touch. That, you know, part of the research around attachment style and if you look at physical intimacy is avoidance can lead with that physical touch as a way of their expression, mistaking all intimacy for that in a way, right? Like, oh, I've, I've expressed myself so clearly. I'm affectionate with this person. And the same with those acts of service, right? There, there are ways of doing action versus using words to express care. It's slightly... And Which can be so frustrating when words of affirmation are your love language because all you want is somebody to say something and they're like fixing a light bulb and you're just like, tell me that I'm beautiful. It means so much to me. Exactly. <laughs> right? Exactly. Which, again, runs up into those problems because you see how, even in that style, the avoidant is giving care. Yes. It just looks different. And the anxious attacher, if you are in that state of dysregulation, you're not going to be able to feel the care, right? You might just say, oh, I understand they're doing an act of service, an act of service from the logic brain, but the felt experience will not be there around, oh, I feel this person's care and love for me. I could know it in my head without feeling it in my heart if I'm in that insecure place. Yeah. And that's why I think it's important when you do this love language exercise is to do it together mm -hmm. so that there can be some dialogue around it. So it can be like, oh, I'm needing physical touch. Like physical touch is is an expression of love. And if the other person says, well, I like to give acts of service, then you can start having conversations about like, okay, so what does physical touch mean to you? You know, mm -hmm. in terms of like, is that a way that you express love? Do you feel comfortable giving physical touch? So that there's not anything that's lost in the communication around talking about the love languages. I think it's so important because oftentimes I think what I like is what my partner's going to like, but my partner might like something completely different. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you're a mismatch no. if you have different love languages. And we'll get into that in a second. But I just want to, you know, for those of you who identify as just organized, 
people with disorganized attachment like exhibit kind of a combination of different love language preferences, right? Depending on where their state of emotions are at or any kind of unresolved traumas, right? So in one moment, it might be those words of affirmation leading with that, oh, I feel so close to this person. In the next, it might look completely different, right? So there's going to be that kind of inconsistency yes. around the experience, more, how do I say, impulsive in a way. Yes. I mean, I think that it can feel when you are on the other side of somebody who has disorganized attachment that those expressions of love, the push-pull, the back-forth can feel very impulsive, even though it may not be feeling impulsive to the person who is doing the expressing. Exactly. Exactly. And so here's the thing. If you identify predominantly as any of the insecurely attached styles, the anxious, the avoidant, or the disorganized, when you aren't receiving your love language, that will trigger insecure attachment, right? Uh, because in essence, you're, you're going to say, oh, this person is giving me or isn't giving me what I want. And therefore, I feel unsafe in this at some base level, right? Like you might not from a logic place feel unsafe, but subconsciously, the nervous system is, is distressed, right? So how do you work on this with your partner, Mary? You mentioned something I thought that was so great earlier, doing the exercise with your prospective match or your partner. I'm wondering if there are particular ways that we can communicate this stuff that will really affect and inform how our partner takes in the information, right? Because it's one thing to say, this is my love language and this is it. Right. And there's another, it's another thing to say, my preferred language is words of affirmation because that relieves my anxiety because it makes me feel more secure, right? Like that's a much clearer message to your partner. Yeah, I think that, and yeah, and that goes back to like really explaining what's going on. And I think that the the cool thing about having these kinds of communications with your partner is that you can really learn about the other person on a deeper level. So let's bring it back to words of affirmation. So words of affirmation is one of my love languages, and I think it's one of my love languages because I'm not so sure I received it enough as a child. And so there was something about words of affirmation, like, yes, you're doing a good job. And when I heard that, it really, you know, the few times that I heard that, it really like was very, very important to me and it meant something. And so that's why I resonate with words of affirmation. Now, look, if I'm just dating somebody and we just do the love language thing for fun, I don't think I'm going to get into this whole childhood experience of why words of affirmation are important to me. There but is I'm, an art to revealing yes, the trauma bonding here. No trauma not, bonding. Yeah, please do not reveal your traumas on a first date. Just that's just gonna, take your time. Yeah, take your time, please. And so and so I love what Jacqueline was saying about now I forgot what you said because we got onto a whole trajectory of dating advice. But, oh, about, you know, that just really communicating like that words of affirmation really resonates with me. It calms me. It soothes me. I feel good about myself when I hear words of affirmation. So and then again, it doesn't mean that I'm an insecure person in general. No, it just means that I know what I like. 
and I know what feels good to me, and I'm able to communicate that to another person. Big thing I'm going to say, just following the words of affirmation track that we're on and identifying that, correlating that with anxious attachment. For those of you who resonate with that, one of the things I'd like to offer you is giving yourself what you want to receive, right? So if you lead with the, the words of affirmation, focus on giving yourself those words of affirmation. And the reason that's so important is that's going to start to, let's say, strengthen that internal bicep of needing that love. And it's going to put less pressure on the other person to meet that need all of the time. Because secure attachers are able to take in love in different forms, they're able to ask what they for what they need, knowing they might not always get it. But when we run anxious, right, there's such a pressure to have that need met immediately that can even push someone who might run a little more avoidant further away, right? But if you're able to fill your own cup, in essence, around whatever your love language it is, it softens, it softens it, right? So that's like a step towards security within yourself and therefore with a partner. And I think that's so important, too, because when we're talking about how does somebody else express their love language. So let's say your partner loves gifts, right? I mean, to to give gifts, that's like their expression of how they love is to bring gifts. So they bring flowers home or, you know, something like that. And then, you know, you get upset, right? Because you're like, but I want words of affirmation yeah. or I want physical touch and they yeah. just brought me flowers. And so it's important like what you were saying, is to be able to give yourself those words of affirmation and know that, oh, yes, this is an expression of this person's love just because they're not saying in this moment, I love you or you're beautiful or whatever it is that I need to hear, that I'm actually able to give that to myself. So I'm not going to be sitting there seething because this wonderful person brought me this beautiful bouquet of flowers, but all I really wanted was words of affirmation. Exactly. And again, what you just said, Mary, goes back to when I think of the nervous system, right, which is linked with the attachment style. If all I wanted was this one thing, that signifies to me your brain is in a state of rigidity. And I just want to interject for a second. It can also feel like this person has, this person completely doesn't see me. This exactly. person completely yes. misses me. And so we get into like what you're saying, that state of rigidity, the black and white thinking, the all or nothing. It's either words of affirmation or forget it. You know, I'm throwing those flowers away. So I love how you're bringing in the brain and the rigidity. Or it just looks like, right? Yeah, flowers, whatever. Yeah, they're kind of pretty, but fine. Like, move right. on. Do you guys see how that's not a felt experience, right? It's just, okay, it's there, and but I'm still not getting this other thing. And it's it's not that... You have to throw away what you love. What we're getting you to do is work on that secure piece within yourself and use your love language for that rather than having it work against you, which can happen when you run more from an insecurely attached place. So I'm just thinking of, you know, just throwing out a few more phrases for like the avoidance or the disorganized styles. I love this idea of, you know, just sharing how an avoidant through acts of service, let's say, for example, or quality, it wasn't quality time, absolutely not physical touch. <laughs> yeah. And avoidant might say that that 
you know, doing acts of service, like that gives me that space, right? Like the space is in, okay, they don't have the words, but there's still that space there that then I feel respected. It gives me enough space to have the trust and intimacy to grow, right? So what a different statement that might be for somebody who runs anxious to hear that that's how they're building, right? Their, their intimacy or fostering and giving it fertile ground for I mean, the business to grow. Yeah. And what's really interesting too about the acts of service, and I love how you say like, you know, fertilizing the ground is that when somebody does an act of service or a gift, what they are essentially doing is they are carrying you with them yeah. out into the world. Because they're out in the world and then they see the thing and they're like, oh, that person, I don't know why I'm coming up with light bulbs, probably because I'm staring at this lamp in front of me, but that person needs some light bulbs. I remember they were saying that, let me pick some up. Yeah. I'm at Home Depot. No, we're not being sponsored by Home Depot, but we <laughs> invite that to happen. I'm going to pick them up at Home Depot and then you bring them and you're not. And, and so it's like this person is carrying you with them. They're carrying you in their hearts. They're thinking about you. Oh, wow. This person mentioned that their favorite flower was daisies. So I'm going to bring them a bouquet of daisies. So even though they're not saying, oh, you know, your words of affirmation or whatever your le love language is that they need, just knowing that they're out in the world and they're thinking of you and, and bringing something back to you that shows that they are carrying you around with them. Here's the thing. One of the keys of a successful relationship will be your ability to do that, to take in love from your partner in ways that it might not be the strongest message for you. It makes me think of this. I did this retreat through Byron Katie once I was in Ojai and we did all kinds of really interesting activities. It was a, it was a profound experience and I grew a lot. And, and one of the things we did is I won't reveal it all because, you know, maybe some of you guys will decide to do it out there. But we, we had to fill our plates with, we were matched with a partner, a random person, but we had to fill our plates with our favorite foods and then feed that food to our partner. And of course I chose like the, the salads, which is, you know, just the worst thing to feed somebody else, a complete disaster. And I was with somebody who I'd done things like mashed potatoes, you know, they're far easier to eat, but I was, you know, involved in the exercise. And what the point of the exercise was, was to understand in the moment that this person is feeding me what they enjoy. And can I take that in as that's beautiful? I'm there for their experience, right? And really appreciating it from a felt sense. And this feels like the same thing when I think about it, what you just said, Mary, of okay, my language looks different than yours, but I'm taking you along for my right. I'm expressing that care. Right. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I just get that visual of you feeding somebody a salad and the person being like, damn it, why didn't I pick the girl who's eating, who like, who's eating the filet mignon over there? We were supposed to do it in silence, but I had a friend who was sitting across from me looking at me and she whispered, what are you thinking? Oh my God. But I, I, I love that in terms of appreciation because I think that a lot of times too in these situations and couple situations one person wants to do something the other person doesn't want to do it can you believe that my partner wants to do whatever whatever and complains about it and it's like 
or, you know, you can sit and complain about it, or you can take it as like, wow, my partner wants to share this thing that's very important to them with me. How amazing is that? It's so easy to get into when it's not the same language, same activity, same thing, that 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 person's being selfish. They don't care for me. That's the insecurely attached part of us running the show. So we got to dig deep, go somewhere different in order to have a different kind of experience, right? So if you run insecure, you're going to have to act in a different way in order to experience that secure attachment. I just want to touch upon, again, that the disorganized attachers. And I think this is such beautiful language around if you identify as disorganized, just telling people or your perspective matches that, you know, having someone who's a sensitive, sensitive and attuned to my shifts can really help me feel supported and gives me integration of my attachment needs. I, I think that's so, again, provides a much deeper understanding of what's happening versus I just need this thing, right? Do you see how the demand is softened? It's no longer a demand. It's information about how you operate. And I think what's important is also really noticing what is happening to you, both like, you know, internally, because they have done research on like psychophysiological processes that happen when people are listening to recordings and and imagery of their love languages, they actually like their heart rate goes up, right? Mm -hmm. They have like a, they've measured skin conductance. So they have a little bit of a, kind of a little bit of a sweat going. So there's a, there's a, an effect on the autonomic nervous system. And that's like, a you know, that there's like a bit of excitement of, you know, experiencing the love language, feeling seen, feeling seen. Yeah. And they and the research also shows that when people are working with each other and working with each other's love languages, there is a reported sense of increase in happiness with the relationship. Yes. And so, again, in order to make your style, your language work for you versus work against you. Focus on giving yourself whatever your love language is, right? In essence, that cup being filled will soften the need for the partner while allowing the partner to do it and bring you the ability to have the felt experience of how the other person is sharing love, right? One last thing I want to say about this is it's important to remember that even as if you're navigating dating, in a way... It's like we're all on the same team here in the sense of how can we work towards this together versus the insecurely attached part of us is really run by subconsciously, uh, you're out to get me in some way, or I'm not going to be able to meet your needs, or you know, there's always this deficit happening. So again, if we can start to look at this stuff from how can we make it work for us versus against us, that's already going to shift you into a more secure place. So I I know that we talked about the love languages that we like to receive. I'm curious, what are your love languages that you like to give? You know, I, I run consistent on that. Oh. What I give is what I like to receive. Interesting. But I also, I do acts of service as well. I give little gifts, you know, physical touch. What am I missing? Quality time. I mean, I give them all. I get, <laughs> I'm an <laughs> equal opportunity love language giver. But okay, so... 
You don't have a favorite. I have a favorite. I love giving gifts. And I, I don't know, it's somewhere between quality time and physical touch. I would say physical touch, quality time, and words of affirmation. Well, Jacqueline, thanks for sharing those wise words about love languages. And again, if anyone is interested in learning about their love languages, they can read Gary Chapman's book, The Five Love Languages Book. Or you can also Google love language quiz on the internet. And speaking of the internet, if you want to find me, you can find me at marybtherapy.com or DM me on Instagram at marybtherapy. And thanks for listening.